Soccer fans, hello and welcome to the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. It has been a minute. I know we left you hanging, but I figured this was a good time to revive the podcast, even in the middle of a global pandemic that has shuttered most of the leagues that we care about. However, as things start to open back up, we're going to focus on the topics that are most relevant to U.S. soccer and the teams we love and follow. I'm Donald Wine, the co-manager at Stars and Stripes FC. It's good to be with you today as we get into the Bundesliga restart uh, that's coming this weekend. The MLS owner's proposal to the players on a restart of that 2020 season. And then finally, we'll discuss World Cup qualifying for the U.S. men's national team. What do we know and what do we suspect will happen we're going to try and do two to three topics each podcast as we move forward. But let's get into it with the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga kicks off on Saturday. And after two months of fans all over the world trying to use what internet they could to find the very few live sports that were on TV, we do have a major soccer league that is starting to finally come back, and that is the Bundesliga and also the second division of Germany, the two Bundesliga. We have a bunch of Americans, obviously, that play in the Bundesliga and two Bundesliga, so that has kind of renewed interest in the league. So let's dive into Again, some of the Americans that you can watch uh, when the league restarts this weekend, but also just what the table looks like, where do they have to go, and what is left to play as we move forward. In the Bundesliga, you have a lot of great players in the Bundesliga, but as far as America are concerned, some of the future of the U.S. men's national team is located uh, in Germany playing for clubs in the Bundesliga. We'll start with Borussia Dortmund, Gio Reyna, one of the young talents that we have, just 17 years old, he is ready to kind of make his mark uh, on Dortmund and be the latest in a, a series of young players in the Bundesliga that have made their mark uh, for a particular team. Before him at Dortmund, we had Christian Pulisic. He's now at Chelsea. Now Gio Reyna is the American that fans can latch on to. And since he's joined the team in early January, he has been a force. He's appeared in, in every game since then. There's nothing to suggest that Gio Reyna won't appear at some point this weekend when Borussia Dortmund takes on Schalke, a big, big derby in Germany. Weston McKinney also features for Schalke, so we could have American v. American action for the first time in a couple of months. It's obviously something that uh, we all have been looking forward to. And even if some of us have reservations about the league starting up at this point in the coronavirus pandemic with so much going on and really just no real answers as to how we can get ahead of the virus. We still are excited to see some live sports playing and, and the Bundesliga is going to hopefully uh, carry the torch uh, away from leagues like Belarus, uh, Nicaragua, and even the K league, which started last weekend, which was very fascinating. So a lot of Americans are in this league, Borussia Dortmund, Gio Reyna, RB Leipzig, Tyler Adams. We'll finally get to see him back in the fold. I mentioned Weston McKinney. He plays for Schalke. And Schalke is is battling right now for a Europa League spot. And it's, you know, with nine games left, anything can happen. They could even try and get into Champions League. This is going to be one of the major focuses uh, of the season. Who is going to end up in Champions League? Who's going to win the league? Uh, who is going to be relegated and get into that rele- or get into that relegation playoff and who will replace them in the Bundesliga next year. So Americans are all over the map here. If you look further down, if we're going, to, if we're going to talk about relegation for a minute, you have to start with Fortuna Dusseldorf and uh, 
Fortuna Dusseldorf right now is in that 16 spot, which would be good enough to be in the relegation playoff. That in Germany, what they do, the third place team uh, in the two Bundesliga will play the 16th seed in a playoff to determine who stays in the Bundesliga and who drops down to the second division. Right now, Dusseldorf is in that spot. Alfredo Morales is on that team. Zach Steffen, who is the number one for the men's national team at goalkeeper, is on that team on loan from Manchester City. However, he is injured. Uh, he's one of the main injuries that we have going right now. He re-injured his knee at the start of training when all of this uh, started to pick back up. We probably will not see him for most of the rest of the regular season for the Bundesliga uh, team, Dusseldorf. It will be interesting to see if he can get back onto the field in time to help Fortuna Dusseldorf stay in the top flight. But it remains to be seen if that knee injury is bad enough to keep him out the rest of the year. That will be a big blow to Dusseldorf's efforts to try and stay in the top flight of Germany football next year. Also joining them in the relegation zone is Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen has Josh Sargent. He's had an up and down year for Werder Bremen. He's appeared in a lot of games, hasn't scored a lot of goals, but that lack of confidence hasn't translated to the national team. Whenever he is on the national team, he is the guy that comes. He plays very hard. He scores goals for the national team. He has been one of the bright young stars uh, as we uh, progress into 2020. Even last year, he was one of the guys that we relied on down the stretch. So, what is this going to mean if he can be hot? Will that help Werder Bremen get out of the cellar and stay in the top flight as well? Or is it just too much too late for Werder Bremen to remain in the top flight? Will they make the drop down to the Bundesliga? These are all questions that we all have. But with just nine match days left in the season, the Bundesliga is going to get a lot of attention, especially when there's no other soccer really in the major soccer leagues that's going on right now. Everyone is trying to pick a team. They're trying to latch onto uh, one of these clubs and kind of ride them for the rest of the season. And Fox and Fox Sports 2 and Fox Soccer Plus, if you do not have those, those are going to be your friends this weekend because that is where all of the Bundesliga action will be in the United States. Obviously, you can find some online, but those are the places to go for your entertainment in the soccer world this weekend. Who's the team that you're going to support? It's, it's you know, a question that I have. I don't have a team in the Bundesliga myself. I love watching all these young Americans play, and I, I just love the league. I watch a lot of the, of the soccer there, but I don't have a team. Do you have a team? We have a community corner post for you to chime in. Show us who you're supporting. If there's a team that you're picking up just now or if it's a team that you have supported for most of your life, go ahead and chime in. Let us know who you're representing, and if there's any Americans on the team, try and get some people on your side. But I know everybody is excited to be a part of this uh, embarking, the, re the first restart of a major sports league in the world. Uh, we are ready for the Bundesliga to begin. It's interesting to see how they will go about things, how it will play with uh, empty stadiums. The crowd is a big part of the Bundesliga experience, and we will be robbed of that because of the coronavirus pandemic. But live soccer will be on TV on Saturday. It will be in Germany. And 9.30 a.m. on the East Coast, you guys should tune in. Coming up after the break, we're going to get into soccer here in the United States. MLS has a proposal from the owners on how to restart that season. We'll find out how that's going to work and if the players are going to go for it. Stick around.
here on Stars and Stripes FC podcast. We are now jumping into MLS, Major League Soccer. The owners have presented a proposal to the players on how to restart the 2020 regular season. Now, this season, it was only a couple of games in when the coronavirus pandemic forced it to be suspended back in mid-March. But now we have at least a proposal on the table from the owners on how they can complete restart and complete a regular season and playoffs in 2020. Now, the catch is we will not at least initially see games being played at the Major League Soccer stadiums all across this country. The proposal from the owners is that the entire league, all 26 teams, get together at the ESPN Wide World Sports Complex in Orlando, Florida, to begin training and hopefully in a few weeks on June 22nd to begin playing actual regular season live games and restart the season there. Have every game played there in Florida until it is safe enough for teams to return to their home markets. From there, they will play games in their home stadiums. But at this point, fans will not be involved in that equation. Obviously, with this going on, there's the question of, Will there be a full 34-game season? Will there be a full playoff get set up? Will the playoff format change? What are the dates of some of these games that have been postponed? And will they go off of the regular season schedule that is currently in place? We don't know the answers to any of those questions. What is also unknown is whether the players will go for uh, the proposal presented by the owners. Now, keep in mind that when all of these teams venture down to Orlando under this proposal, it will just be the players. No families, no no trainers, no agents, nothing. Just the teams playing and practicing and living at the ESPN Wild, Wide World of Sports Complex. This is the interesting part of the scenario because we are now asking players who have, mind you, taken a 20% reduction in their salary to now go four months without seeing their families. And uh, even longer, really, because you know the MLS season normally would be done in early November under this new format. But now, with a rescheduled format, they have until Christmas, and even there's even talk of them playing into 2021 to finish the 2020 season. All of those things need to be ironed out, and I think on the player side, they're going to have to figure out a way to get these games in, but also not put the extra strain on their families. Some of these, some of these guys have kids. Some of these guys have families that they or, or, or loved ones that they have to take care of. That is going to be something that they can't do under this proposal for the entirety of the season. That is a long time to ask anybody, much less players, to venture out and and forsake the other responsibilities in their life. This is something that we're going to have to watch. And on the players and even the owners, they're going to have to come together on how many games are going to be played. If we're going to start in Orlando and then move elsewhere, or if they just say, let's just wait until the fall and then do you know a truncated season in the fall and have a wild tournament that you know really determines our champion. This season, there's a lot of avenues you can go. There's no real right answer. There's no real wrong answer either. But the, I think the most wrong answer is to throw these guys into uh, a situation where their health is not the most primary concern. I think for any of these leagues. You know, the KBO, uh, the Korean Baseball Organization, restarted last week. They started their season 
But if one player tests test positive, just one, they're going to shut the whole season down. And I think that is not being done here. I think in the interest of trying to get these games in, trying to get the TV contracts fulfilled and all these other angles that are financial and not primarily geared towards health and safety, we're trying to get a season in and in, in time and really have it done in a, in a weird way. I think the idea for both the owners and the players, the one, keep that at the forefront, keep the health and safety part primary. And if there is a way to get the season done and to get it done, it, you know, either whether it be June, July, August, fans are going to wait. They're not, we're not going to be going back to the stadiums immediately because it's not safe to do so. If we can get a season together, that makes sense, keeps the players safe, keeps everyone around them safe, keeps the production crews, the referees, the coaching staff, the training staff, all these people who are required to put on a, you know, a MLS soccer game. If we can keep them all safe, then let's present it. But if it's just to get guys back to training and, and really force uh, the restart of a season that could eventually be shut down again because of growing cases within the camps or even just in society at large, then we need to rethink this. So let's look out for uh, what the players say about the owner's proposal right now. It seems like something that may be dead in the water, but at least we have a starting point for the restart of the MLS 2020 season. And we will, it'll be a few weeks probably before we know the extent of whether or not this is really going to happen in June if it's pushed back to July or in, in the worst case scenario, possibly if there's nothing until the fall or, or beyond, uh, this is unprecedented times we live in and the MLS owners have to re you have to just kind of reevaluate everything. There's no wheel to reinvent because at this point there is no wheel. And I think both the owners and the players need to realize that when they are approaching this, because keeping the fans, hyped up on a full 34 game season is, is not it. We we are smarter than that. There's not going to be a full 34 game season. If there is, it won't be done correctly. So let's throw that out the window and let's see what these numbers tell us, what the testing is, is tells us because there's going to have to be lots of testing. There's going to have to be lots of contacting and they're going to have to make it so that these guys are safe that the players and the training staff and the coaching staff and the production staffs around them are also safe. And until that happens, they should not be talking about resuming any season. Uh, so let's hope that that is at the forefront. And that is the main issue on the table when these two sides meet. Uh, also there's a, there's CBA involved and they have to kind of redo some of the avenue, the workings of that to make this fit. So, a lot of questions that need to be answered. And right now we just have one side of proposal. We hope to see what the players come up with pretty soon. And hopefully there are games played, but let's hope it's done in a safe manner. And our final topic of the day, we want to discuss World Cup qualifying and what's to become of it. Because as of right now, it's unlikely that we will have a hexagonal round of qualifying. Let's explain what's going on up to this point. Obviously, the June window, which was to include uh, some final friendlies, some uh, Gold Cup qualifiers, and especially the Nations League plus, have been canceled. There's no games going to be going on in June. 
in an interview a couple of weeks ago, the head of CONCACAF, Victor Montagliani, who was also, keep in mind, the president of the Canadian Soccer Association, indicated that FIFA is more than likely going to cancel the September international window of games. Now, that is important because World Cup qualifying was set to begin in September for CONCACAF. Other, other regions, it has started or was supposed to already start. And because of this, they're going to have to redo uh, their scheduling as well. But for CONCACAF purposes, the June and September windows were important for two reasons. One, in June, that was when they were going to make the determination of which six teams would qualify for the HEX. Now, the HEX was going to be the top six teams according to the June 2020 FIFA rankings in CONCACAF. Those six teams would have a 50% chance of making the World Cup because from that group, the top three teams in that double round robin would make the World Cup outright. The fourth place team would then play in a playoff against the winner of the rest of CONCACAF, teams 7 through 35, in another playoff for the right to get to the interconfederational playoff, which would take place in March 2022. So June was going to be important because Canada and El Salvador especially were fighting for that sixth spot. And now we won't know if they were going to play, you know, who they were going to play and if they were going to make that hex. Then that came September. That window was important because that was supposed to be the beginning of World Cup qualifying. And for all these teams, the quest to make it to Qatar in 2022 began in September. Now, CONCACAF has to adjust. There are a couple things that we have to keep in mind when we talk about this format or, or how it will change. The one important thing about World Cup qualifying is that every team in the world must have a path to the World Cup. So when they're redoing this and they're, and they're talking about changing it up, they can't just take the top six to eight teams in CONCACAF and tell everybody else that they're out of luck. What this will mean is that CONCACAF will have to come up with a plan to have some either some accelerated tournament that gets us down to 8 to 12 teams. In any instance, they have to have every single team play a World Cup qualifier and have a legit shot at making it to the World Cup. Now, for the minnows like the British Virgin Islands and Anguilla and Dominica, yeah, sure, it's not going to be an easy path but they have to have a path nonetheless. They can't just tell those teams that they're out of it before it began. What this could also mean is that when it comes to the hex that normally is what defines World Cup qualifying, what, what we all get ready for, that may be done. And it's because there's just not enough windows to play the amount of games necessary for each team to do a double round robin with five other teams. Now, that also means that for the diehard of us, there may not be, if they change this, it's unlikely that they will have a scenario where the United States and Mexico meet in a home-and-home in World Cup qualifying. Those are the two biggest games in the region, two of the biggest games in the world in World Cup qualifying. And those games might be going out the window because they're going to have to redo this entire structure. Now, what they could do to make it so that it's easier to get in the games is, again, have some accelerated tournament, narrow the field down to 8 to 12 teams, and then split them into groups. 
play a double round robin, similar to what we see in the fourth round of qualifying, that round that's right before the hex where the U.S., Mexico, and Costa Rica would normally begin playing matches. But in that scenario, if you realize, if you go back to those those rounds of qualifying in the last you know seven or eight, we never had Mexico in there. They always seeded Mexico, the United States, and sometimes if they could, Costa Rica away from each other so that those guys had a path to make it to the hex where the real games were played and where those teams could play each other home and away and have those battles when it really counts. Now, we're not going to have that. It could be set up similar to Asia where they have two or three groups of four teams and you just play those four teams or your, th- those other three teams. And then at the end, you have the winners make the World Cup and then the second place teams are in some sort of playoff to see who makes it to the interconfederational playoff. Mind you, CONCACAF still only has three and a half spots in the 2022 World Cup, the final one before we expand to 48 teams. But also for the United States, that won't matter because in 2026, we're hosting the World Cup along with Mexico and Canada. So this is the last time that we could have a hexagonal for the World Cup qualifying, and it's probably going away. We're probably not playing Mexico, but it remains to be seen what CONCACAF is going to do. Because again, there are 35 teams that should have a shot at the World Cup, and they have to figure out a way to give them all at least a shot. It doesn't have to be a great one, but it has to be a shot. So let's see what they do going forward, but it doesn't seem like they're going to have September. If October games start, A, they're probably going to be behind closed doors, which is not what you want for a World Cup qualifier. That it, that atmosphere, that that energy from the crowd is important for a lot of teams. That's where they build their fortresses that they have in their nations, ourselves included. They're probably going to not just jump into World Cup qualifying either. They're going to want to have games, friendlies to you know get their get their bearings underneath them, get their teams together, see what they can do, have an opportunity for teams to make moves and play, you know, and see what they have because most of the world has not played a single game this year. The U.S. is lucky in that we had January camp back in on February 1st where we played uh, Costa Rica. We, we had that game and most teams don't play during that because it's outside of a window. So, we are lucky in the sense that our national team has played a game this year. Canada also played in January because they were trying to accumulate enough points to move up to sixth place. They were short. And so they were hoping on the March and June windows to kind of get, get enough points to outtake El Salvador. That is not going to happen now, but in October is a prime opportunity for, for teams to get back into it with friendlies, schedule a couple big friendlies, get our feet under us and then prepare for World Cup qualifying to begin in November. But at that point, if it doesn't start in November, if they have to cancel October, uh, you also have the uh, Nations League playoffs, the Gold Cup qualifiers that have to be done before next summer. If they can't start in November, there's no way a hex can be done. And that is when CONCACAF will absolutely have to change their qualifying format. It's understandable that they're going to wait and see how this plays out how leagues begin to restart if there's going to be delays for the 2020-2021 season in Europe where a lot of these guys play. We have to watch a whole bunch of things. 
the biggest thing is uncertainty. We do not know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or the next day. And we certainly cannot predict what's going to happen a few months from now. So CONCACAF really has their work cut out for them. But when it comes to World Cup qualifying, the men also, just like the rest of the world, have to sit and wait. We could, it could be very likely that we do not see our men's national team take the field until October or November or even 2021. But we will have World Cup qualifying very soon. We need to get ready for it in some way. And it'll be income, it'll be Greg Burhalter and the rest of the coaching staff to try and somehow prepare a team for World Cup qualifying in an uncertain time and in an uncertain environment. So that is going to be one of the biggest questions facing the national team this year. And while our guys are in various leagues attempting to restart, attempting to get their legs under them with their clubs, they're going to have to continue that. And this summer is going to be very important, whether teams are playing or not, is going to be very important for our players to remain in shape and try and be able to take that next step because World Cup qualifying, when it comes, it's going to be here quickly and it's going to be a beast no matter who is on the other side of the field from us. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. We're going to continue to bring you this content. I promise this time, I promise that at least once a week, sometimes twice when we have a lot of news, we're going to bring some uh, we're going to discuss the hot topics of the day. We'll have hopefully have some interviews. We'll bring some other people on here to have some other perspectives and other points of view. But if you have questions or topics that you want us to discuss on here, send them to us. SSFCpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can contact us there to give us your thoughts. Also, don't forget to check out the website, starsandstripesfc.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine. Stay safe out there. Continue to practice social distancing and excellent hygiene as we attempt to flatten the curve of the coronavirus. Soccer is coming back soon. And we'll be back early next week to discuss some of it. But until then, take care of it.